Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you have tuned in to the home of America's, well, to America's home for conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, just firing up the, a little bit of a delay with the Facebook camera, and we are ready to roll here this morning. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. We're on currently streaming on Facebook and Twitter and all different sorts of platforms, YouTube, so long as they allow that to be the case, and it's good to be here. So let's talk about Afghanistan. You know, I want to go through, for those of you who haven't followed the news the past couple days, Afghanistan has completely fallen into the hands of the Taliban. Completely, they're in control um, of, I mean, of everything, of all the major cities, um, of the presidential palace. By the way, for those folks who seem to confuse the idea of what a real insurgency looks like, so you just don't, they have taken pictures in the presidential palace, like some of those folks on January 6th did in the Capitol building, but there's a much greater difference. See, they actually took over the rest of the country as well. It wasn't just they snapped some photos in there, which I'm not defending. I'm just saying that we have folks here who act like that about happened in the United States of America, which is complete and utter ridiculous nonsense. But anyway, anyhow, that's worth pointing out here. But they have control of, they have control of the country now. So we fought 20 years in Afghanistan, and in a matter of days, literally a matter of days, it's completely fallen into the hands of those that we had been fighting against. Now, obviously, um, there was success that came from Afghanistan over the course of 20 years. I mean, the, the whole purpose for going after for going after Afghanistan to begin with was that's the safe haven that was a safe haven existed there for the operation of Al-Qaeda. We went after, um, we went after bin Laden there at, at one point, eventually of course found him in Pakistan. That's one thing I did learn from president Obama was properly how to say the nation Pakistan. So thank you, president Obama for that. But that is uh, where we ultimately got bin Laden. But remember the whole, um, you know, when we were, we had him early on and, and they, they slipped away through cave complexes and all that sort of stuff. We had some, some heavy bombing early on. This was the safe haven. This was where Al-Qaeda, one of the places, one of the main places Al-Qaeda was allowed to operate. And so that did change. But then we ran into the issue 
quickly with the Taliban there and, um, and, and the fight, the fight for control of that country and then trying to, you know, nation build and all this, this sort of stuff kind of came along, came along the way. But so we pull out of Afghanistan. President Biden assures us that there's no threat to anything like this happening. And this was, this was just like four, five, six weeks ago. I think it was five weeks ago, 35, 40 days ago. Biden's out there saying that there's, you know, there's no risk of this. The analysis has been done. You could even say the scientists were, were asked about this. Those in uh, military science were asked about their expert opinions as to whether or not the nation of Afghanistan would fall. And all the experts said no. And look at where we are literally days and weeks later. I actually, I actually want to go through the New York Times. So over the course of the past few, uh, the past few days, you know, I get alerts. I get emails from the New York Times about things that are happening, right? News stories of the day. And I think if you just go back here to, I'm looking here, Thursday, Wednesday, or Thursday of last week is when I started getting these emails about Afghanistan. These emails about what was going on in in Afghanistan. And so trying to find the first one here. This is, of course, last week we had the, the Senate passing the largest uh, spending, taxing and spending bill in the history of the United States of America. But it started off with the, the, these, um, with these headlines like this, breaking news. This was just Thursday. The collapse of Afghan forces accelerated as two vital uh, vital cities, Kandahar and Herat, were on the verge of falling to the Taliban. So that's kind of where this these these emails started falling. That's on that's on Thursday. Then just I think on Friday, the next day, breaking news, three major cities in western and uh, southern Afghanistan fell to the Taliban as insurgents raced to take control of the country accelerated. Then you wait a little bit longer. I mean, literally, these headlines are sometimes just hours apart. Saturday, the Taliban has laid siege to the last major city in northern Afghanistan still controlled by the government, one of only three that remain. That's, this was Saturday. Saturday. Then, on... Yesterday, which was Sunday, the Taliban control every major city in Afghanistan, Afghanistan except the capital, Kabul. The insurgents captured Jalalabad in the east on, on Sunday. Then, yesterday as well, the Taliban encircled Kabul, the last city under government control in Afghanistan, a U.S. embassy evacuation is underway. Biden ensured us, assured us that there would be no um, there would be no evacuation of 
the U.S. Embassy, and yet there was people getting on helicopters and, and leaving. I mean, this this happened in the metaphorical blink of an eye. And in other ways, it, it was in, in other ways it was predictable. Here's another headline yesterday: Breaking news: The Afghan president Ashraf Ghani is reported to have fled the country with the Taliban now inside Kabul, the last government stronghold. I mean, this is days apart, hours apart. Some of these headlines literally are hours apart, and then they've they've stopped they've stopped giving us updates, probably because who knows? Presumably because that's not good news for the. Biden administration, although I've seen, I've read some things, people are blaming Trump for this. Ah, Trump's the one that put this deal together. Biden couldn't do anything about it. By the way, have you ever noticed that the second uh, Trump got into office and started fixing the mess left by President Obama, Obama started taking credit for things? It was remarkable. I remember commenting at the time, Obama, the O'Biden-Bama administration reigned for for eight years, none of the promises of utopia and all these wonderful things. Remember the sea levels. The sea levels were going to start to recede. Obama said this in his victory speech in 2008. This is the moment with the God reverb going with the microphone. This is the moment the seas are going to begin to recede. This is the moment. Oh, my people fainting and cheering and thinking that we had achieved pure utopia on earth. And, of course, none of these things materialized. For all I know, Biden is still out there working on Obama's summer of recovery. Remember that? Obama put Biden in front of or in charge of that recovery summer, and we had that for two or three or four years, maybe maybe eight for all we know, until Trump comes along. Trump comes along, fixes a lot of this stuff, fixes a lot of the melees, fixes a lot of the nonsensical gibberish that we had heard. Suddenly, Obama and the media and the leftists tell us that Obama's policies were just taking root, which which I remarked at the time was amazing because, because you know, to, to, to have your ability to be in control for eight years and not see one beneficial thing come from your policies, and then the very moment your predecessor who replaces you starts doing the opposite of what you did, and then things begin to improve, that's when you say that your policies and your procedures and your, you know, what your ideas begin to, to take root. How ironic. I mean, who's going to believe that stuff? Some people, unfortunately, did. But they'll take all the credit from Trump. Now we've got the, previous, the, the, the current administration pointing backwards and saying that, effectively, this is Trump's fault. There's nothing we could do about this. This was unavoidable. This is Donald J. Trump's fault. And as I, as I look at this, and as I think about this, and at the rate we're going, I find myself truly having this conversation in my head. I would not be surprised if later this week we found that al-Qaeda had regained control and began forming and, and operating terrorist training camps again. I wouldn't be surprised if the leader of these camps was somebody related to or the right-hand man or some person that was in the inner circle of Osama bin Laden. I mean, we're literally having this conversation over the course of the, the you know past several weeks, the things that 
have happened that we did nothing about. Afghanistan has fallen. Biden said it wouldn't happen. The amount of New York Times stories over the past four, five, six days, uh, it, it, it seemed unbelievable the rate at which these headlines were coming in. And now here we stand. They've overrun Bagram Air Base. I mean, this is... I, I don't even have complete words for this. And they're blaming, they're blaming Trump. So... This is, folks, this is seven, we're not even quite seven months in. Remember, Biden took office to save America on January 20th at noon. We could even set our clocks to the exact moment, kind of like that exact moment the seas began to recede because they knew there was a new sheriff in town when Barack Obama became president of the United States of America. At noon on January 20th, 2021, all was supposed to be made right with America, America standing in the world, all these things. And in seven months, I want to go through what has happened in the past seven months. It is, you you know, for those who ask the question, (laughs) things have gotten so bad so quickly, even if you're not a conspiracy theorist, you have to at least ask yourself the question, is this intentional? Because... This is, I don't know that you could pull all this off. It's one of two things. It is in extreme, and I'm saying this for just for the sake of conversation. I'm not um, suggesting one of these things at the moment is true. I'm just, I'm just saying, if, if, if you were going about your normal life and say, I don't know, say there was a new uh, president uh, at your company or a new superintendent at your school district or i don't know just a a new pastor at your your church or a new football coach on you know for your high school team or whatever and they their track record in the you know six or seven months was anything close to what we've seen from this administration as president of the united states as the head of the executive branch you'd be asking yourself is this on purpose, because I don't think you could achieve this many negative, uh, negative <laughs> marks or goals. I, that's not the way to even think about it. But how could there be this many negative check marks in in this short of amount of, of, of amount of time? How could you do that? Six, seven months in, literally, you would have to wake up every day and think, "What's the right thing to do? Let me do the opposite," like George Costanza. George Costanza, the opposite. Now, George Costanza, his own judgment was so bad that the opposite turned out to be better than his. Maybe, maybe that's what needs to happen here. I guess that's the question. Is Biden's leadership and the Democrats who run this country now, if, if their natural judgment is this bad, then they need to do the opposite? Or perhaps another way of looking at that is to say, that they're intentionally this bad. Either way, we have an unmitigated disaster on our hands. And remember, we had four years of screaming, of paranoia, of over-the-top rhetoric saying that President Trump was the most dangerous thing that the United States of America had ever faced before. We were on the verge of turning into a 
Nazi country, a fascist was in the White House, remember this? Had to get him out, he was unfit for office. Meanwhile, we have right before our eyes a president who literally cannot complete coherent thoughts in multiple cases. No one seems, in the media anyway, the slightest bit concerned about this. No question, no concern or consideration, whatever. The guy can literally mumble and bumble his way through and not answer questions with Don Lemon at a town hall meeting a month or so ago. I just, it's remarkable to watch this unfold. You know, it's like the emperor has no clothes. That's basically what we're dealing with. We got some guy metaphorically here who's walking around buck naked in the media will not say anything about it. They act like if you see it, they, they, they have a puzzled look on their face. What are you talking about? This guy, this guy's naked. What are you, what are you talking about? This guy can't co, you know, form a coherent thought. Look at you as though you're the problem. <laughs> Gaslighting you, right? Gaslighting the American people. This is an unmitigated disaster of epic proportions. This, this is Jimmy Carter's presidency, folks. This, we have rising inflation. We have, we have rising fuel prices. We have you know, the cost of living going up. We have problems with some of these same actors internationally. Now it's Afghanistan. It was Iran during the Carter years. Don't put Iran out of the question either. I'm sure, I'm sure that's you know that that has and will continue to get worse as well. That this is complete incompetence, or some would say no. It is completely what they what they want. And I guess we can talk about that as as the program unfolds. But this is a mess, an absolute mess made of your country, of my country, and this is the latest example. 20 years of fighting in Afghanistan, whatever you think about our being there for 20 years is at some level not completely even relevant. If, if we're going to leave, is this, did we, there's no way we did this remotely close to right if this is what happens. Well, Todd, Afghanistan has to, yeah, I know Afghanistan has to take care of itself. I know that. I know that's a part of this. But if you look at the, the dollars, the lives, the the investment that soldiers and the taxpayer has made, and particularly soldiers, but just the, the whole total cost of this. If you look at what we've, we've made there and then look at what's happened and how quickly it's happened and on whose watch it's happened, inexcusable. Quick time out. Get out of your break. Listen here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. program brought to you in part by our friends at Northwestern Mutual Wealth Wealth Management here, Blake Hornsby, BlakeHornsby.com. Blake has a program that if you reach out to him, mention the Todd Huff Show, you'll get a free initial consultation. He's got over 20 years of experience located on Indy's south side in Greenwood, Phone number 317-215-8322 or visit him online, BlakeHornsby.com. That's H-O-R-N-S-B-Y, BlakeHornsby.com, Northwestern Mutual Wealth Management. So um, I mentioned before the break that we have 
an unmitigated disaster on our hands. This is, this is, I mean, a continuation. Is this Obama's third term or is it better even to say that this is the second term of President Jimmy Carter? This is absolutely astonishing, predictable, but just to, to experience and to witness this, it's, it's incredible. In just seven months, my friends, seven months, a little bit less, it'll be seven months on August 20th, later this week. So in seven months, we've effectively allowed for a completely open border with Mexico. In fact, there's leaked audio of the administration admitting that they they can't fix it, they can't win at the border. That's nice to know. They lost complete control. We lost. We lost. Because their leadership is still our loss. We lost complete control of a country that we fought terrorists to take, you know, to take. We didn't occupy. We didn't, you know, go in and take it. But I'm saying we lost complete influence and we have let it go completely back into the hands of of the of the bad guys of those who allowed for an environment to be established in that region of the world where people could operate effectively freely al qaeda training camps and al qaeda you know if we've got young people listening i don't even know sometimes al qaeda is a name that's not been on the scene al qaeda's name was replaced by isis at one time by the way, the last time you really heard that name and grow as far as growing its influence around the world was when President Obama was running the show. Remember ISIS and the Corazon group and all this stuff? And then they actually had taken over parts of the parts of uh, the Middle East as well. Parts of the Middle East to where they literally had land. If, if we were drawing maps at that particular time, we would have had to put ISIS in certain places um, that were part of the nation of, of Syria and Iraq, right? I mean, that's what ISIS stood for, the Islamic State um, in, the, in the Savant. I mean, that's that, that part of the world, that region of the world. But some folks may not even really... It, puzzles me to have to say this, but not even know who Al-Qaeda is. Al-Qaeda is Osama bin Laden. Al-Qaeda are the groups, the, the I guess you could say the modern-day version of the Mujahideen, right? I don't want to go back through history here, but at one point, Afghanistan was fighting the evil empire of the Soviet Union. The expansionist forces there were trying to expand because that's what communism does. It needs to take over more people and more, um, you know, more land, more uh, ability to produce, because communism never takes care of its own people because it disincentivizes people to actually take care of themselves. You get the same no matter what. So as it turns out, people are less inclined to work. There's less innovation. There's less desire to excel because there's no there's no benefit for doing that and so it has to expand and the soviet union expanded or tried to expand into afghanistan got themselves caught in a bloody conflict 
They were fighting with against guerrilla warfare forces, much like other nations have, even we have, uh, in our fight against terrorism that went into the nation of Afghanistan. Again, I don't want to go through all this, but this was the, the Mujahideen, right? These are the um, these are Islamic fighters that are fighting for their land for religious purposes, and they um, become radical extremists. Al-Qaeda was formed where you have a group of people believe that um, their job was to kill the infidel, which is effectively anything, anyone who's not Muslim. In particular, the great Satan, the United States, and the little Satan, as they put it, the nation of Israel. That was the foundation of Al-Qaeda. They were given safe haven in Afghanistan. Bin Laden built his terror camps. Folks were trained an ideology was taught, was embraced, was, um, you know, the hatred for America was, was fueled. And that idea grew in Afghanistan. And even though there's a lot of countries, especially, well, the Saudis can be mentioned on this uh, in this as well, except they were being trained in Afghanistan. There's lots of, look, there's lots of things that... I don't want to go through and rehash or talk about at the moment as far as all that goes with Al-Qaeda. But that's that's that was their operating base. That's where they that's where they were training and that's where the the head of the beast was located was in Afghanistan. That's why we went in there initially was to get rid of these places and to run down these terrorist thugs and we we sent them running into other places. They went to places like Pakistan again, and, and that's ultimately where we got bin Laden. But this is, again, that was a 20-year fight, and now we've got nothing to show for it. As I said off the top, it really wouldn't surprise me if we find out in another couple of weeks or months that there's an al-Qaeda terrorist camp that's been reestablished in some part of Afghanistan. I mean, at the rate that these New York Times headlines were coming, it's probably coming today by noon. <laughs> and it's it's not funny, but at the same time, folks, I don't know. You have to you have to find some sort of way to cope with this stuff because this this is a mess, truly a mess. We get out of control inflation, the economy's a mess. The Senate passed the biggest tax and spend bill in the history of the world last week. We. Watch as the radical left tries to find ways to force people to be vaccinated. They talk about vaccine passports. In fact, I saw over the weekend the Biden administration is mulling whether or not it's going to require vaccination for you to travel on the interstate highway system. That seems convenient. I mean, the idea that you're more likely to pass, just think about this. This is purely a punitive, this an, an attempt to to inflict punitive harm upon the American people who decide they don't want to get vaccinated. The, the risk, what is the risk of you trans, uh, transferring the virus or trans uh, catching the virus on the interstate highway system? Well, Todd, you see, they wouldn't be able to go to these other places if it wasn't for the interstate highway system. We've got to put a stop to this. Got to put a stop to this. Okay, then why don't they just come out and just make the mandate? They're not, they don't want to do that. But they want to make your life a living hell 
until you voluntarily agree to do it. This has nothing to do with what's rational and real. This has to do with unnecessary, well, it's, it's, it's force. It's forcing you, forcing people. You can't work. You can't fly. You can't drive on the highway system, potentially. This, again, what the radical left wants. We've got critical race theory. We've got the trans agenda that's getting forced on students around the country. We watch as a president who's repeatedly demonstrated there is something truly wrong that the media has no interest in talking about, no concern whatsoever. They act as though they're confused if you even bring it up. There's a labor shortage. There's pressures to end the filibuster in the Senate because they can't get the radical agendas passed that they want to get passed. Violence, violent crime is increasing in our cities around this country. All this on the watch of the radical left. All of it. In seven months. Gotta take a break. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Tyler reminds me there's, I've maybe left, I don't know, there's probably more than one thing I left out about the problems that we've seen since Biden has taken over, the, the left has taken over. But another one of those is energy independence, right? I mean, we've, we're no longer energy independent. Now we're begging OPEC to increase production. Add that to the list of, to the list of things that is um, not good right now. I mean, this is an unmitigated disaster of epic proportions. It really is. And look, I I am a firm believer that the ideology of the radical left is insidious and dangerous, and it's antithetical to the Constitution. It is not the direction that we need to go. But even outside of the ideology, just the management the management of things that are going on. I mean, what in the world? What in the world? I mean, we're, we're forced to ask this question. Why, why is this? Why are they doing this? Why, what, what's going on here? I mean, folks, it's either unintentional or intentional, right? I mean, th- these are the logical explanations. It's either being done intentionally by the left or unintentionally by the left. And if it's unintentional, this is complete ignorance, and this is or potentially in complete incompetence. One of the two. Either they just they have they they just don't know what what they're doing, or they're not executing the things that need to be done. Right? That is if it's unintentionally a mess. If it's intentionally the mess, intentionally being made into a mess, as it it's objectively a mess. That's another way of saying this. It's objectively a mess. Is it being made a mess intentionally or unintentionally? And I'm just giving you the, these are the logical options, folks. There, there are no other options. This, I mean, there, there could be different reasons. Like, for example, I said it's one of the reasons it could be unintentional was, is due to their ignorance or incompetence. Maybe there's another reason that it's, you know, that, that would say it's, it's unintentional, but But these are the logical options in general. So is it intentional? I think we have to ask ourselves these questions. I think every American who looks at the scene, 
that we face today, this dumpster fire that's being created by the Biden administration, the radical left, this is 100%. This is 100% on their hands. 100%. This is unavoidable. Is it intentional? You know, what are some what are some ways it could be intentional? Well, let me just throw this out there. They could create crises, but they will then set themselves up later as the saviors to fix, right? I mean, this this is something that we've seen people do throughout history. Create a crisis, then come along and say, hey, I'm your guy to fix it. All you have to do is, you know, give up this liberty, pay this tax, elect me, pay this for my campaign. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it, right? I mean, that's that's one way to campaign against it. I'm not suggesting I think that's what's happening here. It's certainly what's happened at points throughout history in this country and um, throughout the history of the world. But maybe, maybe another way of looking at this is that some of these folks, if if there is an intentional attempt to to start this dumpster fire here, uh, maybe they want to break our system so they can tell us it's broken and needs to be fundamentally replaced with something altogether different, like socialism. That's a potential as well. But I mean, it's either intentional or unintentional. And there's only so many re- so many different ways to explain an intentional attempt to destroy what's going on with this country or unintentional. Either way, it's a dumpster fire. Either way, they've demonstrated they have no responsibility. They should not be trusted. Well, they have responsibility, but they're not qualified to have that responsibility whatsoever. These folks should be nowhere near, nowhere near these these decisions. They just, they shouldn't. And I'm going to tell you something. The reason I think the core of this is that they are focused so much on optics. They're focused so much on what they want you to think is you know their solution or how something looks they don't ever really address the real core issue it's all about what they can make it look like and it's dangerous when you operate a nation like that well we just have to get out of afghanistan that's the optics okay let's go and look at what happens look at what happens Trump had talked about getting out of Afghanistan. Trump was moving us in that direction. We didn't have any of these problems of Afghanistan being taken over by the Taliban. Didn't have any of that. Now, I'm not saying that the, the groundwork wasn't there because this, this didn't happen in the blink of an eye. But it, it had not, we didn't see this massive transfer of power to the Taliban. But now we do. And I've got to take a break. Sit tight back in just a minute. Welcome back. Oh, this is giving me hand signals over here. All right. So um, she distracted my thinking here. Winning. That's what I wanted to talk about. Remember, remember when President Trump, of course you remember this, winning, right? We're going to win. We're going to win so much your head is going to spin. Remember President Trump saying stuff like this? Oh, this is the opposite of what winning looks like. In fact, the, the the left doesn't even talk about winning. 
they don't like that. And then I don't know, that's unfair to somebody. Um, but this is, this is bad. I, of course, I've not given up. You know, it's one of the things conservative, not bitter means is that you don't, you don't give up and throw in the towel and, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. This, this nation has endured a lot. This, this nation has such a strong foundation rooted in truth and rooted in just what we've learned uh, throughout the history of the world about human nature, about you know the philosophy of what government should do. We, we have we have such a powerful, solid system that it can deal with a lot of these shenanigans. But at the same time, it's also not. Um, you know, impervious to attacks of stupidity, of incompetence, of intentional assaults on the system. Whatever it is, it's not, it, it, it isn't bulletproof completely. And so we're watching as it gets attacked relentlessly by forces that have no business leading this great nation. Unmitigated disaster, dumpster fire. This is the opposite of winning. It's losing bigly. And I've got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I really don't take any pleasure. Uh, Look, I... This is just the reality of what we face. It is. And we have to deal with this. We have to accept this. This is this is how these leftists govern. They're so f- focused on being able to check it off and, and to say, well, we're out of Afghanistan, that they don't stop and even seriously contemplate what could happen. It's the same reason why Kamala Harris doesn't want to be in charge of the border. She doesn't want to be in charge of that. That's a lose-lose proposition for her. She's going to have to start implementing Trump's policies if she wants to see border security increase. That's not cool. She wants to be out there kissing babies. That's what she wants to be doing. Anyway, this is... They have no business being in decision-making positions. I got to go. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.